Think about it. Everything is polluted. The environment, the government, the schools, you name it. We're on Uncensored tonight. Nice, clean little bandwidth. No one else is using it. Price is right. I like the idea that a voice can just somewhere uninvited, like a dirty thought in a nice, clean mind. Guess who? It's me again. The little attitude for all of you in white bread land. It's five o'clock. Do you care what the mainstream media says? You out there? You listening? What's going on, fam? Happy Monday, happy Monday. Special shout out to <laughs> my son, 23 years old today. Holy crap, my youngest is 23. Uh, God bless your son, and uh, man, uh, all the prayers that all of you guys have put out there for him, he's still doing strong. He is, uh, um, all of you guys helped lift him up during his time over there in San Diego at boot camp, um, and minus a failure of his knee and his leg, he's probably a Marine right now, but nonetheless, he's doing strong, and uh, he's he's living his life, and he's figuring out his way, so God bless you, son. I want to say hello to all of you guys out there. Donnie, thank you for everything you've done. We, got, we, we are getting the... Uh, the guest book, so that's good to go. The schedule's starting to fill up. Thank you, Don. I appreciate that very much. Karen's over there on Twitch. TBT, best nunny. Amy Joe, thank you. God bless you. Looking forward to Amy Joe after the show tonight. Don't forget Mondays and Wednesdays, Amy Joe prayer readings right after the show. That's usually been kicking off about 6.15 Central Time. So, uh, you know, about 15, 20 minutes after the show, uh, we'll be kicking those off. So I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, Amy has for us tonight. Uh, if you guys haven't seen it, the website's good to go, up and going. I uh, appreciate all your guys' support um, has been coming in and has been very uh, important to us here at the Uncensored Network. We're, we're hoping to expand and give you give you guys as much perspective as possible. Uh, Grandpa Abe's here. Grandpa Abe is uh, is uh, got three three grandkids already, uh, and and probably more on the way in the near future. As my daughter's planning on getting married here this this summer, so it's uh Lots going on in the in the in the Uncensored Dave household, that's for sure. Here's the website, uncensoreddave.com. Here's the podcast here. The Podbeam will be expanding those uh, in the coming weeks uh, continuously. So stand by for more news on that front. Uh, usually the show pops up here for some reason. The Cloud Hub player isn't working for now, but I'll get that going as we are back fixed, fixed and up and live on Tiger Network Tour Three dot com right now. So we're good to go with our backup uh, 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 data recording streams and the rest. Where you can find us, foxhole.net, bellfoxhole.net, Podbeam, DLive, uh, CloudHub. Good to go on CloudHub channel 152 right now if you guys want to check us out over there. Uh, and you may be able to find us on Roku at some point as they expand the uh, streaming network there, as well as Tiger Network. The blog's up and good to go. Finally, lastly, if you can help us keep the lights on, man, do I need your help. Bills are piling up, uh, and many of you have been contributing. Special shout-out to Beatles. Thank you, brother. God bless you, man. Uh, that is going to go directly to Joe's upgrades, which will be uh, happening uh, from now till further notice. <laughs> uh, Patreon, if you can hop into Patreon, if you join us on Patreon, you get access to our private Discord where you can call into the show at any point. PayPal, Cash App are also available. At the very bottom is where you can find us. Uh, check out our, our, our show sponsor, RiseAttireUSA.com. Uh, merchandise coming as well as other good stuff. Alan at is the website. P.O. Box is down low here. 
And if you go over to uh, 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 Rabbit Fire Uncensored, I may need to update the website now to include not just I, but more than one. So that's going to be coming in the near future, too. Constant work coming on the, on the website. Finally, check out the Foxhole.app. Help, help support the Foxhole and the guys over there if you can by clicking support us right here. Drop them, drop them five bucks if you can and uh, help, help keep the Foxhole going. This is going to be just the beginning of a revolution in news and uh, content uh, and the way that it is done. So a special shout-out to Methods and the Foxhole team and everyone else who helped behind the scenes uh, to help get the Foxhole going. With that, there's the business for the day. I want to welcome my bro Joe into the house and and, and uh, see what you have on your mind for today. Bro, what's going on in your mind? Welcome to the show. How, how's it going, bro? What's up, brother? So glad to be here with you today. Yeah, it's a good day. I mean, it's a nice day, I should say, here in the Midwest. It's actually 30, uh, like 32 degrees and partly sunny. So for us here in the Midwest, we'll take that. Uh, it's been uh, just an amazing, uh, amazing week, man. What can I say? Uh, you know, we went from uh, being on Methods Channel uh, to uh, doing our shows and having great people on here. And, and then, you know, I get a call Sunday morning uh, and uh, basically says, hey, why don't you hop on Comfy Sunday? And man, I'm, I, I'm still shaken, to be honest with you. Uh, it was truly an honor to be on his show. He's had so many amazing people, so many amazing guests. And um, for him to, to, to invite us on and have us on for two hours to have that chat last night was just absolutely amazing. I'll never forget it. You're muted. The people behind this movement that um that uh that are in this movement and that have continually tried to help lift me up and us up and everyone up that is we, you know that is what's amazing about this is is very few people are trying to step on the necks of others they're, they're trying to lift up people and bring bring the information and bring perspective um you know there there's times where we've all had our our differences but uh we're we're uniting uh nicely now and it's uh it's important uh, on that front, for as far as guests coming for the week, let me let me mark off this schedule here for you guys so you have it. Mark Paquita, uh, who is going to be running in Ohio, will be here tomorrow as usual for his slot. Uh, Michael Johns missed his slot last week, but he he called me and said he was uh, apologizing, busy. He'll be with us next Tuesday, so the next Tuesday is uh, our Tuesday schedule finally coming into fruition for bringing you guys. You know, kind of that, that Tea Party perspective as well as uh, a higher level perspective from Mark Paquita. Both Michael Johns and Mark Paquita bringing that perspective to us on Tuesdays. This Thursday, John Paul Rice is in the house. I'm greatly looking forward to that interview. That is going to be great. Uh, special shout out to Methods for helping me uh, book uh, John Paul Rice. Um, and J.R. Majewski will be here next Thursday in the first week of March. So, uh, so a big schedule coming will be more that we'll be adding a lot more and we probably won't just limit them to Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, we'll probably have special guests on Friday. I think Neil's going to join us on Friday, hang out with us for the, for the call in show. So that's going to be fun. Um, and so, so we're, you know, it's the, the, it's starting to pick up guys, everything that we're envisioning for the channel and how it's going to move forward. It's going to be great. And I hope you guys will help spread the news and tell people how to find us. Check out uncensoredave.com. You can find us on the pod beam, uh, and especially tell people about the foxhole.app because, uh, you'll find all kinds of great content and perspective over there. All right, Joe, we're going to kick it fast today. Uh, there's a lot of news out there today. There's some disappointment up in the air. Once again, some black pills going around. Uh, the world's falling. The sky is falling again. Um, 
and and so uh, you know, I mean, I think we're all we're all just kind of trying to cling on to something, which I think makes sense. I, I, I'm trying to yeah. find, you know, any kind of hope, any kind of angle where there's a there's a there's a sliver of hope. Well, we're gonna get this election fraud stuff figured out, and once again, we've been we've been smacked down upside the head by what yeah. appears to be a Supreme Court that just does not want to get involved on the outcome of this election, bro. Yeah, just real quick, I wanted to say thanks too to to Mr. Robert Beatles, Crypto Beatles, uh, if he's out there listening. Um, that that what you did for us uh, last night is huge. That you don't know how much that's going to help us to to continue on what we're doing. So thank you very much, sir. I uh, just wanted to say that, and and the guests that we have lined up, Dawn, great job in the background helping us out uh, to try to get that stuff scheduled. Uh, the guests that we have coming and and the stuff that we have down the pipeline is super exciting. Um, I don't know, man. It's Monday, right? And uh, so, of course, you know, you always look for something positive. But as of right now, there is not a lot of positive out there. This Supreme Court decision uh, is pissing off a lot of people. And it's understandable. But I I think we got to do some digging into this, right? Well, I mean, I'm disappointed. I'm pissed. Um, I'll be be real. Um, There's... (laughs) It is just amazing to me that the court is just just really very shy in trying to get involved in the outcome of this election. The the thing of the matter is is these cases the way that they are formatted and the way are they designed is to challenge the outcome of the election which makes sense from a legal perspective as far as getting cases to be uh, viewed at the at the Supreme Court level, um, maybe not be the best uh, you know angle to take. You can you, you, the better angle to take is to is to challenge uh, existing holding or a ch- a challenging existing statutes, things like that. Um, and so you know, I mean, you see what I'm saying? There's a there's the, the way that the, that the cases are designed. It is designed to to overturn the ele- is to affect the outcome of the election and the Supreme Court just is not wanting to get involved in that. So, you know, for better or worse, I guess it look into it into the future. Say for instance that the the tables are turned and it's it's uh, you know, 6 6 3 uh uh, you know, liberals and and uh, you know, we get we get our next rising star uh from the Tea Party in control say, you know, 6 years from now or whatever, something like that, right? Uh, somewhere down the road, ten years from now, we get we get somebody that's that's the next uh, best thing to President Trump, which I, nobody can even imagine right now. But I guarantee you, that person's out there, uh, and and what President Trump has influenced on future politics is gonna is gonna be uh, have reverberations for generations to come. Uh, mark mark my words on that. But the point I'm trying to say is, imagine it being reversed, and you could have you could have precedent to where the Supreme Court would get involved into a case and overturn an election that could be unconstitutional on its case, on its base. So I don't want to say it's a case of careful what you wish for, but I just do want to say there's more to these arguments than just, um, you know, deep state controlled assets. I I, I, I said that last night on with uh, with methods and red pill. And I, I stand by that comment. There's more to these cases than just, I, I refuse to handle this, but nonetheless, it is disappointing. Here's Scotus blog for those of you that uh, want, just wanted to see this. It's a it's a summary of uh, the cases in the pipeline, and uh, as well as uh, Amy Howe, who I have interacted with in the past. By the way, I I consider her to be 
um, you know, a little bit leftist leaning, but nonetheless fair, legal minded. Um, and she does a really good job. A lot of people ripped on her <laughs> often, but she does it, you know, because they doesn't just because we don't like the outcome of what they of what we want to come out of it doesn't mean that legally and otherwise it is it yeah. is uh, it is fraudulent or it, or it is nefarious. Um, I, I really hope that we can we can try not to draw that line constantly. Um, I, we don't want cases to be to be done by activists on the right or on the left. We want them to be judged centrally as possible. And that means that we're not going to get outcomes that we want every time. That's, that's what we ruled in for the Supreme court. If I guess that, that may have, we may have missed that, uh, that we're, you know, we're used to putting ideological judges in place. We've had our right wing judges in the past and because of what they've done, um, there were reverberations, uh, you know, because of, uh, uh, you know, rulings that, that were that were biased towards the right. We don't want that either. We want centrist, uh, good good rulings based in law. The question is, are these rulings actually really based in law? And you get into the weeds on these things to the point where it's really deep. But nonetheless, the outcome is all that matters, right? <laughs> um, and there's a lot of people that don't put any faith in the courts, and I, I can I can understand that. I mean, if you look at what we've seen happen, it's hard to argue against that. I'm just saying. Um, it, it's, it's a, it's more complicated than just it's, it's the way people would view legally our constitution and the law. And I, whether or not you agree with it or not, it's, it, it just is the way that it is. So it's, I don't know what to say about it other than that. Um, here are the, well, go ahead. Just one, one quick comment. Cause I've noticed that every mainstream media out there is, is immediately saying that all of POTUS or all of uh, Trump's cases are dismissed. That's how they're reporting it as of right now. Now, well, as far as I, as far as I knew, there was still more cases, right? That's the way I understood it. But not the, the digging into this a little bit, that's also the way I read it. They basically just aren't going to touch any. They're going to say that all of these cases are mute because it's past the the election now. So they delayed all of these cases. And now that it's because they didn't want to, uh, you know, get them ahead of time because they didn't want to affect the election. Now it's moved because the election's over. It makes no damn sense whatsoever. So the other question is, is can we impeach the Supreme Court? <laughs> Somebody put that out there in chat. <laughs> uh, well, that starts with taking over the House. So, I mean, yeah. you, you know, if you want to if you if we can get a mandate like we should have gotten this time in the House and the Senate, uh, you can talk about doing things like that, but right now there's zero chance this Congress is going to do anything on that front. So I would just wait. I would just focus on 2022 uh, if you want to yeah. get that done. Yep, I agree. Uh, Election-related petitions were denied. The justice declined to review a state court ruling. This is the one that I thought I personally thought had the most standing. Justice Thomas agrees with me, so that tells me I'm right. Um, and it's frustrating to say the least. Um, and I, so I, I really want to just kind of read part of this from Justice Thomas Becker News. Thank you to the, uh, the, the uncensored team behind, the, behind the, the scenes for helping me get this one. So I just want to kind of read this one, and then we're going to fast-paste through a bunch of these. And then there's one other article I want to read. Uh, but for the, for the most part, this will be just this one, and I want to hear the dissent in this. I haven't seen this yet, so let's see what that has to say. The, uh, the Supreme Court slapped American voters in the face with its decision not to hear the merits of the Pennsylvania election case. The lawsuit to hear about ballots unconstitutionally accepted after Election Day deadline was rejected as moot. The justices on Monday declined to take up the cases challenging a Pennsylvania state court's decision that extended the ballot receipt deadline 
in uh, last November's election by three days due to the coronavirus pandemic. They're also saying it's moot because the pandemic won't be, will be gone for 2022, so they couldn't even argue that point. Um, yeah, well, that it just depends on what the media wants on that front. In the dissent, Justices Thomas, Gorsuch, and Alito, the top three, in my opinion, justices on the bench right now for sure, uh, and the most centrist for sure, uh, uh, they, they filed the dissent. The Trump-appointed justices of Amy Coney Barrett and Brett Kavanaugh dodged, and the liberal disappointment, Roberts, once again, refused to do his job and rule on an important legal matter. Not No surprise there. Speaking up for the American voters, however, was Justice Clarence Thomas, who actually should be the chief justice at this point. Indeed, he should. He is the only one with the guts and the intellect to lead this feckless waste of a court out of its doldrums. Clarence Thomas speaks for millions with his blistering dissents. Read it and absorb it in its full and recognize it. Uh, recognize what a sham decision that was rendered today. Here we go. The Constitution gives each, this is Justice Thomas in his dissent. The Constitution gives each state legislature authority to determine the manner of federal elections. Yet both before and after the 2020 election, non-legislative officials in various states took it upon themselves to set the rules instead. As a result, we received an unusually high number of petitions and emergency applications contesting those changes. The petitions here present a clear example. The Pennsylvania legislature established an unambiguous deadline for receiving mail-in ballots 8 p.m. on Election Day. Dissatisfied, the the Pennsylvania Supreme Court extended the deadline by three days. The court also ordered officials to count ballots received by a new deadline, even if there was no evidence, such as a postmark, uh, that the ballots were mailed by Election Day. That, That decision to rewrite the rules seems to have affected too few ballots to change the outcome of any federal election. And this is Justice Thomas saying that, once again, this is important. If there's too few ballots to change the outcome anyway, then maybe the, that our hope in this was, uh, is, it was uh, you know, trumped up by, by uh, people in the media or others trying to say that there's more here than, than there's there. I, that's possible. We need to leave our mind open to that. But that may, may not be the case in the future. These cases provide us with an ideal opportunity to address just what authority non-legislative officials have to set election rules and to do so well before the next election cycle. The refusal to do so is inexplicable. Inexplicable. Explicable. Like most states, Pennsylvania has a long history of limiting the use of mail-in ballots, but in October 2019, the Pennsylvania legislature overhauled its election laws. Relevant here, it gave all voters the option of voting by mail and extended its deadline for officials to receive mail-in ballots by several days to 8 p.m. on Election Day. Uh, Pennsylvania Legislation Service Act 2019-77 Then in response to COVID-19, the legislature again amended the law but decided not to extend the receipt deadline further. Displeased with that decision, the Pennsylvania Democrat Party sued in state court. It argued that the court could extend the deadline through a vague clause in the state constitution providing in relevant part that the elections shall be free and equal. That is the clause that they use for these uh, election rules for this election specifically. The Pennsylvania Supreme Court agreed on September 17th. It held this that this free and fair, uh, free and equal provision enabled the court to extend the deadline three days to accommodate concerns about postal delays. Petitioners promptly moved for emergency relief, filing an application for a stay on September 28th. That applica- that application easily met their needs, uh, and they cite uh, Hollingsworth versus Perry. Um, 
And I'm going to make a note of Hollingsworth versus Carey. And I may, for those of you that that kind of like those kind of digs, I love kind of doing those kind of digs, and it's been a while since I've done one. I'm going to save that case, and maybe I'll see what the precedent was on that. Not only did the parties on both sides agree that the issue warranted censure, but there also was no question that petitioners faced irreparable harm. So... <laughs> This is this is what I argued too as well. I mean this I mean this is this makes sense that the petitioners definitely faced harm, which was you know the previous precedent that they didn't use. Uh, anytime a state is enjoined by a court from effectuating states enacted by representative of its people, it suffers a form of irreparable injury. Petitioners further established a fair prospect of century and reversal. For more than a century, this court has recognized that the Constitution operates as a limitation upon the state in respect of any attempt to circumscribe the legislative power to regulate federal elections because the federal Constitution, not state constitutions, gives state legislatures authority to regulate federal elections, petitioners presented a strong argument that the Pennsylvania Supreme Court decision violated the Constitution by overriding the clearly expressed intent of the legislature. And this is the argument right here, and this is by any means a common sense, legally binding argument that makes sense why this case should have been accepted and why the court should have ruled to rule these unconstitutional, which is why I and everyone else are very frustrated with this because this basic argument right here that uh, they are trying to argue states' rights have the, have the ability to do whatever they want in the elections, that's not true, and it is based on the, 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 the statement, the clearly expressed intent of the legislature. Um, the definition of intent is now in question, I guess. Despite practitioners, uh, petitioners, uh, practitioners, uh, the, the, the practitioner is also telling you to bend over without lube. Despite petitioners strong showing that they were entitled to relief, we divided four to four and thus failed to act. Four days later, petitioners filed the first of these petitions and moved to expedite consideration so the court could decide the merits before election day. But by that time, election day was just over a week away. So we denied the motion to expedite, even though the question of national importance and there was a strong likelihood that the state Supreme Court decision violated the federal constitution. So, you know, by making the mistake to to not handle this the first time, now they just uh, kick the can down the road like everyone said they were going to do. And yes, now here we are. Now that the petitions are before us under a normal briefing schedule, I see no reason to avoid them. Indeed, the day after we denied petitioners' motion to expedite, the case became even more worthy of review. The Eighth Circuit split from the Pennsylvania Supreme Court, granting a preliminary injunction against an attempt by the Minnesota Secretary of State to extend the legislature's deadline. Uh, these cases concern federal elections only further heightens the need for review. So they're citing another example in uh, Minnesota as well. Elections are the most fundamental significance under our constitutional structure. Through them, we exercise self-government. But elections enable self-governance only when they include processes that give citizens, including the losing candidates and their supporters, confidence in the fairness of the election. Uh, you think? All right, well... This goes on a lot longer than I thought. Let me just get hit a couple of the bold spots here, and then we'll move on from this, as this is already taking longer than I wanted it to. Two years ago, a congressional election in North Carolina was thrown out in our face. 
thrown out in the face of evidence of tampering with absent absentee ballots because fraud is more prevalent with mail-in ballots. Uh, that is uh, obvious to anyone with a brain. It also requires more subjective judgment, calls about validity of thousands of ballots. Uh, let's see, just trying to scan through a little of this uh, a little bit more to see if there's anything else in here. Our refusal to, to hear this case is befuddling, says Justice Thomas. There is a clear split on an issue of such great importance that both sides previously act us to grant century. Uh, and there is no dispute that the claim is sufficiently meritorious to warrant review. By voting to grant emergency relief in October, four justices made clear that they, they think petitioners are likely to prevail. Despite pressing for review in October, respondents now ask us to grant century because they think the cases are, are, are moot. And uh, Justice Thomas argues that that argument fails as well. So one wonders, finally, what Justice Thomas concludes, what this court waits for. We failed to settle this dispute before the election and thus provide clear rules. Now we fail again to provide clear rules for future elections. The decision to leave election law hidden beneath the shroud of doubt is baffling. By doing nothing, we invite further confusion and erosion in voter confidence. Um, Our fellow citizens deserve better and expect more of us. Justice Thomas signs, I respectfully dissent. All right, so I guess, you know, with that, that's kind of just where we are. Sorry that took so long. I, I, you know, I'd like to see if there's any little other nuggets in there, but it is what we thought it is. It's, it's, uh, it's the Supreme Court being cowards and not wanting to address an important issue that needs to be addressed, uh, which is inexplicable. I, I have no reason to explain it. It's frustrating. Joe, what do you think, man? Well, a- Amy Joe's got a good question out there. It's, she says, um, and it just jumped on me, could it be that SCOTUS is operating under the rewit- rewritten American uh, Inc. Constitution and not ours? The Our our, our justice system is a, is a disaster. I mean, the lawfare group that has been doing what they've been doing for uh, to President Trump and will continue to do has been working at at subversing uh, subverting uh, constitutional law at every level. So we don't even really have, as far as constitutionality, the reason why people laugh when you say that is because legally we don't even have a constitution anymore. So to, to, to your point, Amy Joe, there's trying to argue an originalist point of view in today's legal argument is counterproductive because we don't we don't live in that reality. We live in a reality where uh, Supreme Court precedent has basically destroyed the foundation of the rule of law. So, I mean, when we have to understand that an originalist point of view is is by far the minority and is also not really actually the rule of law today. So, we, you know, we, we hold that standard is what we expect. But as far as the way that the courts have destroyed uh, you know the standing of of cases from everything from equality to to uh, everything every every part of the, you know the, the Fourth Amendment to the First Amendment everything has been shrouded in a in a legal shroud of of complexity that makes no damn sense to anybody who uh, understands what the Constitution's intent was. So that's the reality we live in. I just try to use that as a baseline, right, of what we should expect. And when they don't. When they don't go there, we should expect that because that's not the reality we live in, I suppose, is the argument, the way to say it. Yeah. No, that makes total sense. And that's, 
you know, that's the frustrating part with people well, like myself, for example, who really don't know the process. But our discussion last night, you mentioned there and, and today as well, you mentioned about no precedent in, in regards to these cases, right? That's the frustration is is you the, the only Supreme Court case that you can reference with regards to election law is Bush versus Gore. And yeah. that is a very what that that is a very sliver uh, legal standing that was meant to be very uh, a very sliver legal standing that it couldn't really be used for other cases and that's kind of what we're seeing now so i mean yeah. again you you can argue both sides of it and win in my opinion you can argue that they should have the supreme court should have got involved because it, these are unconstitutional based on originalist point of view you can also argue do you really want the supreme court deciding a presidential case presidential outcomes and the answer to both of those questions should be you don't want the vice president deciding which votes to certify, whether it's on either side of the aisle, and you don't want the Supreme Court deciding elections on either side of the aisle. Right. That's the other point to the whole thing I got. That's That was really my first thought was, well, I guess that makes sense because, you know, last thing we need is them deciding elections. So I get that. There's some pretty good comments out there. Just want to read a couple real quick. Um, CB's daughter, SCOTUS is corrupt. They're not going to do anything. Just V says the same thing pretty much. I think almost all are corrupt. Um, there was a couple other ones. I just, I just don't think it's fair. I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't think there's that's, no rule of law anymore. There's, that's what it seems like. There are some. Justice Thomas clearly, Kagan and 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 others are are clearly compromised in a way that is is against what we want. Does that mean that they're that they're corrupt to the point of being? compromised i don't i just don't think that that's a fair argument i the, the argument is much deeper than that legally you have originalist point of view versus a a uh, uh a precedent and a social norms point of view liberals believe that today's social norms and the way society has evolved is more important than what some old white men said 200 years ago that you can make that argument. You you can choose not to agree with it based on what you want, but you can make that argument that uh, social norms based on today, the the forefathers could not have possibly have seen uh, challenges to the legal system that, that that we see today. Now, if you understand the Constitution and the Federalist Papers and the Anti-Federalist Papers, you know that the founders created the constitution with with the guise of what's happening today. So that argument in my mind falls on its face, but you can still argue that social norms it should be considered with regards to the Supreme Court. I don't agree, but there is that. That's not corruption, that's a different way of looking at the constitution and our system of justice. You you also have people on the right who say that social norms as far as uh, religion play a bigger role based on the fact that we are in God we trust. So they use religion to put religious uh, bias into the rule of law. By by that I mean gay marriage, for instance. Now that's a social norm that most people today are going to say, you know what, I don't really give a shit. You want to marry a man, good for you. Have, have at it. I don't really want to know your business. But there was a time in our past where a social norm was not gay marriage, and yet 
the the courts on the on the far right act, activist courts that I would not agree with their precedent. They did not use an originalist point of view as far as precedent to disallow gay marriage. They were activists on the right. So it is I'm just trying to say it's it's too simple of an argument to say they're corrupt. You have to look at it much deeper than that. Justice Roberts is clearly compromised. To say Amy Coney Barrett and Justice Kavanaugh are corrupt is not fair, and I, I, I just, I'm going to make that stand every time. Well, Barrett didn't dissent, right? They, she didn't rule. She didn't want to get involved. Okay. Yeah, and and again, you can make that argument. And of course, as we're getting ready to go to Joe. There goes his Walmart internet. <laughs> All right, let me know when you're back. Okay, so the last thing I wanted to point out here is Joe's probably going to have to <laughs> have to reboot. We've been dealing with this behind the scenes, and th- this is why Beatles, uh, this is so important. All right, I said what I wanted to say on that. Uh, you can feel free to disagree with me on the call-in show at the top of the hour, and we can have that discussion. I, I mean, I'm, I'm thrilled. If you want to have that discussion, we can have it, and then we can, we can remain um, <clears throat> respectful, by the way. It's possible. I'm pretty sure. Anyways, don't forget the defense of the Republic.org. Um, I think there are a still couple there's still other stuff happening here. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna close the door on the legal side of these arguments. I just want to remind you that Sidney Powell and her team are still working. And um and so hey, can you hear me, brother? There you are. Yeah, what's up, man? All right. Sorry about that, man. I don't know, you know. this is what we're working on we're gonna get this all little glitches yeah we'll get it fixed so um where where were we before i was uh you remember uh no because it started cutting out on me and i i couldn't hear anything all right yeah that's no problem all right let me just finish up with this real quick over here and then we'll hit to uh your top topic of the day and we're just going to move quickly from here guys to try to get the rest of this stuff in uh here is the defend the defend the org. don't forget sydney's website and uh, we can see what we can do there. That was pretty much the end of that discussion. Uh, Joe, do you have? Uh, are you ready for your uh, top story of the day? And then we'll just fa- we'll fast pace the rest of these uh, for you guys here. Let me make sure I got share screen for you. I don't think I do. Yep, there, there you go. All right. Um, well, I just go ahead. Yeah. One thing I wanted to to, to say real quick is I, I just saw that uh, Red Pill's girlfriend's mom, um, and I just it just jumped on me. Something is going on and she needs prayers. Uh, so uh, I don't know the personal details, but Red Pill, uh, Red Pill's girlfriend's mom needs some prayers. So if we can get some prayers out there for Red Pill and the family and his girlfriend and Red Pill's girlfriend's mom, that would be fantastic. Yes, indeed. Um, you know, uh, just do what you can to uh, keep keep uh, Red Pill girlfriend in your in your prayers today. Uh, shout out to Red Pill, and um, I'm sorry to hear that for sure. Uh, all right, um, let's get to uh, the next section of the news here. Um, if you could hold off on on call in to to the top of the hour, though, please, uh, Joe, go ahead. What's what's up? You seeing out there today? That's uh, your top story of the day. Yeah, I think uh, one of the, one of the, I have, I have quite a few things to be honest with you. This is why we're going to try to hurry, but of course, with my internet lagging, that doesn't make it easy to to hurry. But um, that's one of the issues we'll fix. But 
this came out. Uh, the uh, Pompe- Mike Pompeo joins the uh, the ACLJ as senior counsel for global affairs. Now, I thought this was pretty interesting. There's a good little video in here that describes it, but basically it talks about Pompeo and how he served our nation with honor throughout his entire life, from his military service to Congress to the State Department. Secret- uh, Secretary Pompeo has fought to defend freedom, national security, and our constitutional republic. Now, uh, it's a privilege to announce that he's going to be joining the ACLJ to serve as the new role as the senior counsel to global affairs. If you're not familiar with this, this is actually Jay Suck or uh, Jordan is a Jordan or Jay. Um, Executive Director Jordan Sucklow explains that uh, Pompeo. So he's basically joining Sucklow's team. I kind of wondered, Abe, what do you think about Pompeo doing this right now? What's your thoughts on this? ACLJ's uh, top-notch organization, and it doesn't surprise me that Pompeo wants to be a part of it. Um, it's uh, the Seculos, Jordan and Jay are top-notch, and they're they're kind of like Fenton, but next level. I'll be real with you guys; they're they're, they're just top-notch as far as that that legal and constitutional arguments and getting information out there. So uh, that's going to be interesting uh, because now you're going to have somebody who knows uh, what information needs to be gone after and. <laughs> and uh, yeah. he's, he's got the legalese by his side to get it done. So that's going to be interesting to see, see if they can get anything kind of declassed through, um, you know, through the, the official channels. You know what I'm saying? I was thinking offensive. That's what that was my thought. I don't know. I mean, you know, you know they've they've been going on the offensive legally. Um, they, they've gone after uh, abortion cases, uh, Planned Parenthood funding. They've won big cases on that uh, and they'll continue to. So it's I mean, Thank God for people like them, because if we didn't have, you know, that that cornerstone for the legal argument, we're we're toast. So you know, that's it is pretty. Yeah. Uh, coming up on the on the on, on the intercept today is uh, <laughs> they just it, it, this is just gonna be this is gonna be fun. Uh, FBI seized congressional cell phone records related to the Capitol attack. The inclusion of congressional phone data in the FBI investigation raises. Thorny constitutional questions, and we, we know that that really doesn't mean anything anymore. Um, but here's the, here's the thing about the headline of this. The cell phone data includes many records from members of Congress and staff members who were at the Capitol the day to certify President Joe Biden's quote-unquote victory. The FBI is searching cell phone towers and phones pinging off cell sites in the area to determine the visitors to the Capitol. A recently retired senior FBI official told The Intercept, the data is also being used to map links between suspects, which include members of Congress, they also said. Capitol Police are reportedly investigating whether lawmakers helped rioters gain access to the Capitol, as several Democrats alleged Republicans did. So, yes, they're putting it, of course, on the Republicans for allowing them to gain access to the Capitol. How do you get somebody to look somewhere else for something that you did? Well, you accuse them of it. Great work, Nancy Pelosi, and your sly little uh, sleight of hand trick there. Let's see if this works again. Probably, but who knows? Nonetheless, it's pretty interesting to see. Um, We'll see what happens on that front. It's super interesting, man. And I'm, you know, these little pieces, these little nuggets, they need to, they need to keep coming out. In my opinion, it's great to see. Next news uh, article I had for you, Italian ambassador killed an attack. Did you see this one on UN convoy in Congo? 
So the Italian ambassador to the Democrat Republic of Congo, Luca, is it Adonazio, was killed Monday in, a, in a, an attack on the United Nations convoy during a field visit in the Central African nation. Wow. Um, I'm not going to read too much into this. It's actually a long article. Um, but what do you think about that? Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what I thought as soon as I read it. That's about all I got for that one is, uh, is <laughs> I would might want to look into that name and what they have links to. <laughs> I agree. Uh, let's see. What do I got here? Um, Reuters, BBC, and Bellingcat. Uh, you guys are well aware of Bellingcat and the narrative they pushed with the MH17 crash, uh, putting blaming it on Russia. Reuters, BBC, Bellingcat participated in uh, covert United Kingdom foreign office funded programs to weaken Russia. <laughs> Leaked docs reveal. Now, the reason why I find this interesting is because they were working with the UK foreign office, Reuters, BBC, and Bellingcat. So direct links to the media complex in the United Kingdom. New leaked documents show Reuters and the BBC's involvement in covert UK FCO programs to affect attitudinal change and weaken the Russia's state's influence alongside Intel contractors and Bellingcat. The reason why I love articles like this is because they, they of course, focus on Russia. But what they don't tell you is, not only did the Foreign Affairs Office work to to uh, what's to affect thinking uh, <laughs> with regards to Russia, they do that with everything else as well. So big surprise, a, a tie into this article uh, from the Gray Zone is a Carl Bernstein article from a while ago that's that talks about the CIA in the media, how America's most powerful news media works hand in hand, hand in glove with the Central Intelligence Agency, and why the Church Committee covered it up. Uh, so those of you that um, that know that I'm I'm preaching to the choir here. Uh, wait a minute, uh, the the federal government works with the media? No way, dude. Well, uh, never yeah. heard of um, that. What? Never heard of that. Yeah, never heard <laughs> That's of that. News to me. <laughs> uh, here's the here's the two uh, articles that uh, if you want to point this to somebody, yeah, Bernstein CIA also good point. Uh, if you want to point that to somebody about uh, how the how they work hand in glove, there's a good article on that front for that one. Joe, what do you got up next? Yeah, the next one, uh, I don't know if you guys uh, saw this one, but I thought this was pretty interesting. More pornography charges. This is the former Brooksville, Mar- Brooksville mayor arrested on child pornography charges. Uh, just every single day, man. Now he was actually a former mayor of a small Florida city that has been arrested on child pornography. The U S attorney's office in Midland district of Florida. Oh, just jumped on me. Uh, Kevin Hahn, 65, a former mayor of Brooksville, a city North of Tampa had over a hundred images of child pornography. Uh, uh, let's see, it says uh, faces a minimum of five years and a maximum of 20. I hope he gets 20 and he gets bent over every single day of it. Yeah, I would have to, I would have to agree with that. Let's see. Kristen's in the house. I don't think that headline is long enough. <laughs> Thumper Rose, uh, new world order Intel services. Yeah, exactly. Uh, keep, keep getting a love it. Take it. See here. Um, Propaganda, isn't that one of those conspiracy theories, said Skeeter? (laughs) 
Uh, good stuff. All right. Um, some some different perspective with regards to the RNA, uh, mRNA vaccine uh, that you can take it or leave it. But um, you guys know me. I always uh, challenge my own thinking on things. And this will do that for you as well. A quick read for you, a critical piece of information about the new vaccines. This is from Stephen Le- uh, Leonard, retired doctor and let me see, let me see what I see. Uh, retired surgeon and active aviation medical examiner and pilot living in Idaho. So take it for what it's worth. Uh, but it's, I think, it's, for me, it's important to hear all sides of, a, of an argument. Thanks to President Trump fast-tracking the process for developing and approving vaccines in America, we currently have two anti-COVID vaccines available, one from Moderna and one from Pfizer. Both of these vaccines use mRNA to trigger the body's immune response by giving the body instructions to create certain proteins because mRNA is an instrument by which our bodies express their genetic instructions. Many people have been become concerned that the new vaccines will actually alter their body's DNA. That's not the case. They are, are just a shortcut to the body's usual response to a traditional vaccine. Traditional vaccines inject viruses that have been weakened or attenuated so they cannot cause serious illness Against which, the, against which the host creates antibodies. These vaccines don't eject enough viral material to stimulate the immune response. Instead, the weakened viruses in traditional vaccines do exactly what naturally occurring pathogen, pathogenic viruses do. They multiply in the host. The weakened virus do this by producing mRNA that tricks the host into making enough of the proteins and lots of new live virus particles to stimulate our bodies to create antibodies and mount an immune response that is then effective against the original disease causing virus uh, disease causing virus when and if it tries to invade what the new mrna vaccines are doing is leapfrogging over the intermediate time consuming and unpredictable and potentially dangerous step of waiting for injected viruses to multiply and do their thing. Instead, the new vaccines introduce mRNA engineered to mimic the mRNA that that live viruses would have produced. This engineered mRNA consistently, quickly, and predictably triggers production of a protein that looks just like the one that that exists on an intact virus. That protein stimulates an an immune response, into, uh, to in, intact viruses without actually injecting either a weakened or theoretically dead virus into the body. The engineered mRNA cannot itself cause the disease, and it vanishes in short order. Understanding how mRNA works, that it tricks the body into learning how to defend against a virus without exposure to actual viruses and any changes to genetic DNA, makes the criticism of the new vaccines much less persuasive. I am in all of the brilliance behind this advanced vaccine therapy. I'm in my 70s. I was able to qualify for the new vaccine. I got my second Moderna shot last week and felt slightly achy and fluish the following day. Now, though, I am absolutely delighted that I put most of my risk of the risk of this plague is personally behind me. And I have also contributed a small part to letting our desperately sick society heal from damage by inf- inflicted by politicians and Tony Fauci. So there you go. There is a little bit different perspective on that front that, you know, I think it's important to hear. Take it or leave it. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. You know, we've been talking a little bit about that, and that's that was a great story about it. Um, and there's lots more information out there as well uh, about it that we've been catching up to. So it's great to see that's coming out. 
Yeah, I mean, like I said, most of us are in general kind of anti-vax, but I'll say this, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, new treatments are always uh, fearful to everybody, and, and I think some of the information about that mRNA has been manipulated a little bit. I did the research on it, and I, I you know, I don't, I think it's a, a safe and an advanced way of getting it done quicker and safer. So, I don't know. We'll see what what's in it. We don't know, and I, and because of that, I'll probably won't get it. And I, I, I know I won't get it, but nonetheless, take it for what it's worth. Yeah. All right, uh, next one I got for you guys. This one came out actually on Friday, and I didn't get a chance to cover it. This was out of Reuters, or Reuters, however you say. U.S. alleges Stanford researcher concealed connection to Chinese Army. Whoops. A federal grand jury has indicted a Stanford University medical researcher for allegedly concealing and lying about her membership of the Chinese military. Uh, I'm not going to read any more of this. We know exactly how this works. They infiltrate every way possible. It's infiltration instead of invasion. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. Ukraine takes back pipeline that transport Russia oil to Europe. This was a huge article that I saw last week that I also didn't get time to get to, but this is extremely important. Ukraine on Friday announced sanctions on Viktor Medvedchuk, a prominent opposition party leader with ties to the Kremlin, and also said it's taking back into state hands a pipeline that transports Russian oil products to Europe. Leader of the Ukraine opposition platform uh, for Life Party, Viktor Medvedchuk, uh, attends a meeting with Russian President uh, Putin in Moscow is the the picture, and that was in here. Um, This is just from Populist Press, kind of like Drudge. Uh, Here's the actual article, also from Reuters. Uh, that dropped uh, earlier this week, but this is a massive story, and and you know I don't know what's going to come of this, and but it appears to me that the Ukrainian government is um, the the attempt to stall a pro-Russian Ukrainian government <laughs> has failed, uh, and that's good news for Europe and good news for the world for sure. Absolutely, I agree. So next one we got or I got here is from David Harris Jr. This is actually Biden fires the Chicago U.S. attorney hot on the trail of the Democrat corruption. This is a this is a very interesting article with all of his incompetence. There's one thing that Joe Biden does really well, and that is to fire or have fired any prosecutor prosecutor investigating his family and his party. So it goes on to talk about how John Lausch, who is uh, for the past two years, has been rounding up crooked Democrats by the handful. Biden actually fired him, uh, even though both Democratic senators from the state asked him not to. This was um, Edward Burke uh, was one of the people that uh, Chris or is it, I'm sorry. Hang on a sec. I get jumped on me. John Lausch was investigating Edward Burke. And if you know anything about Edward Burke in the Chicago, um, then you'll understand uh, how big of a deal that is. But Edward Burke has been in the crosshairs of prosecutors for four decades, but Lausch was the first to get an indictment against him. Lausch uh, then went after the longest-serving Illinois House Speaker, Michael Madigan. Lausch had had him nailed uh, in a pay-to-play scheme involving ComEd, the local power company, among other shady deals, he and his cr- cronies participated in. So the next thing that uh, Lausch was getting into, uh, where did it go here? It's towards the bottom. 
Well, basically, he was investigating Biden uh, and his family. So I thought that was super interesting. Where did it go? It's gone. But no, that is a huge story. And, you know, with that, that Birch story, um, they tried they tried to pin on Trump for the Trump Hotel and all that stuff. Uh that was pretty funny. But but um yep. uh that that's that's a huge story that ties in directly to Madigan, direct, t- directly ties in. You know, the the uh comed slash Exelon scandal is is just but a small thing um compared to what everything else that those clowns are up to over there. Uh, last one I had for the day, basically, and then uh, you can finish up with whatever you have left there if you want, bro. Uh, Biden political donor sentenced to 12 years in prison for illegal campaign contributions. This was on the 18th, and, and uh, again, another one that I, for somehow we, I, I skipped over and never got a chance to get to. I don't know how. Uh, top political donor and Los Angeles businessman was sentenced to 12 years in prison for making illegal campaign contributions to Joe Biden, Obama, Hillary Clinton, and other politicians. A trove of unsealed court documents included photos of Zuberi rubbing elbows with then-Vice President Joe Biden. Zuberi reportedly made six-figure donations to Obama-Biden campaign in 2012 and Hillary Clinton's campaign in 2016. According to AP, a spokesperson for Biden said he had no knowledge of Zuberi's illegal activity activities. Uh, he was mostly uh, at donor roundtables. So uh, Ahmad Zuberi, who is he? Well, he's a Pakistani American, pleaded tax guilty to tax evasion, campaign finance violations, and lobbying U.S. officials while working as a foreign agent. Uh, the investigation uh, by the AP revealed Zuberi sold access to high-profile political figures in exchange for millions in foreign money and straw donor uh, in a straw donor donation scheme as well as access to Hillary Clinton's server. But that doesn't say that in the article. I'll say it for you. But, um, you know, Pakistan involved, it doesn't take two plus two equals four. That's basically everything that I had for today, Joe. Um, do you have a few articles left up that you want to finish up with, or uh, or should we just kick it around here for a little bit? Yeah, well, I got, I got a couple of quick things I wanted to talk about. Number one, uh, Cash Patel was actually on uh, Maria Bartiromo on Sunday, and um, I thought he did a really good job at a couple of things, two, two main topics that he basically discussed. And even though I, I, I have crappy service, I think this will actually okay for you guys. Let's see. And next up this morning, Biden's woke Pentagon with Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin ordering a 60-day top-to-bottom review of extremism in the U.S. military. This just weeks after Austin fired everyone serving on the Department of Defense advisory boards, which some are calling an effort to purge the Pentagon of Trump loyalists. Cash Patel is the former chief of staff of the Department of Defense under President Trump. He joins me now. Cash, good morning to you. Thanks very much for being here assess the situation in terms of the defense secretary, Lloyd Austin's moves. Thanks for having me, Maria. So at the Defense Department, like any other major department of the United States government, when you stop trading in logic and fact, you start trading in politics. And this is a prime example of what's been done at the Defense Department. By their own spokesperson and their own secretary of defense, they have said they do not know the problem and whether it exists. They don't have a name for it. They don't have a solution for it, but they're going to label it anyway. That is a total Machiavellian approach. The ends justify the means, and they have self-admitted that the problem doesn't exist to their knowledge. 
And that's because it doesn't, Maria. In my two tours at the Department of Defense, that white supremacy is not rampant throughout the Department of Defense. That is outrageous and offensive to our men and women in uniform. But doesn't this so, also continue oh, this whole... We can stop it there, actually. Maybe not. <laughs> there we go. All right. So, you know, basically what he says there is there is no uh, white supremacy in the Department of Defense. Uh, so that's why they can't identify it. Uh, pretty much makes sense, don't you think? <laughs> Uh, um, you know, it's it's like all walks of life. There's a there's a microcosm of society in the military. You know, true, true. the uh, The second uh, part of that discussion was basically Cash Patel criticizing Biden's outrageous comments of China's treatment of the Uyghurs or the Uyghurs, however you pronounce it. Uyghur. Um. So yeah. So it was another uh, very interesting uh, point by Cash Patel. I always think he does a great job when he explains th- things. He's uh, direct to the point. Um, also, there was a, a great uh, Mike Rowe uh, on my uh, gab, if you guys want to go on there, at Average Joe 5 underscore 5. Uh, I love Mike Rowe. Um, he discusses um, Baltimore's issues with Jesse Walters. And basically what Mike Rowe says is if, if you know, he was kind of talking about blackpilling. And what I thought he what I what I thought was interesting was. Um, is if you feel like there's nothing you can do, just be a productive, um, just be a productive person in society. That's doing something. That's all that's, I mean, Mike Rowe, you know, Jesse Waters is asking him all these questions. Um, but Mike Rowe pretty much just said, Hey, you know, if you feel like there's nothing you can do, just be a productive member of society. That's all you got to do. So I love Mike Rowe. I love his take on things. Um, other than that, <laughs> there was some cool mem- memes and stuff going around. Uh, there was a one thing I sent you in chat. I don't know if you want to do that, at, you know, uh, real quick now, or if you want to do it after the top of the hour. But I think we should play that. Uh, it's in the Zoom chat. You're muted. Let's uh, let's fit this in right after the top of the hour, and then we'll we'll uh, we'll kick off the call-in show. Uh, right after the top of the hour, too, as well. Texan's on the line already, so that's going to be cool. We'll have him here shortly. So if you're, if you're going to play that video, let me just cover this real quick then because this this will kind of tie into the So Disney warns viewers the Muppet Show is offensive content that has a harmful impact. Didn't we know this? <laughs> Until now, the Muppets weren't offensive for 66 years. Now, all of a sudden, they are offensive. Uh, is there anything that they won't go after? No, no, they're going to go after everything that is great about America, and they're they're going to continue to do it, and that's why we have to fight. That's why we cannot just roll over. Um, nonetheless, I know no one here is going to do that. All right, um, good stuff today so far. Uh, quick pace. Hope you guys are enjoying it. I uh, definitely want to hear from you guys. If you guys want to. Uh, you know, second guess anything uh, in the show today, don't forget. Some of it's just to cause some some discussion. I want to hear from you guys. So call into the call-in show. I want to hear from you. So we'll do that at the top of the hour. For now, though, check out the uh, the show sponsor, RiseAttireUSA.com. You can you can uh, check them out uh, at the website, which is uh, here somewhere. Um, one of these screens. There it is. RiseAttireUSA.com. Check out my awesome gear. You can find uh, the uh, the Methods and Red Pill 78 gear on here. You can find the Clown World mask that the FBI needs to wear. 
uh, and as well as the foxhole.app gear. Awesome stuff, high-quality gear, and these are awesome guys as well that support free speech movement. Uh, so check them out when you get time. Here is the promo, one minute of your time, and at the at the bottom or at the top of the hour here shortly, we will be uh, kicking it off with the call-in show from you guys. Stand by. RiseAttireUSA.com. Check them out when you guys get time. Go to go at the, at the checkout. Put in disc, discount code ABEWAVE, A-B-E-W-A-V-E. Get a 10% discount. Help the channel. Help yourself get sweet gear. RiseAttireUSA.com. Thanks for those guys for help sponsoring the show. Appreciate it. All right. With that, second half of the hour here, uh, let me get to the first thing, which would be probably so that, uh, let's see, so Zoom can hear it. Well, let me let me get Texan in here so he, he can he uh, he can hear it too. Dizzy's in the house too. Uh, let me get Texan in here. Let me share my screen. Giggity giggity giggity. What's up? And uh, we will be playing this thing right there. Check this out. Made by an awesome viewer.
descendant of Brian over there in D Live. Good shit, brother. That is freaking awesome, dude. <laughs> dude, that is so that's descendant of brand. That's descendant underscore of underscore brand. B-R-A-N. Go check him out on Gab. He did a fucking fantastic job on that every time i i must have watched it 20 times man it's just so hilarious the amount of detail the amount of work um that he put into that is just amazing and and what a way to kind of wake the show up right yeah (laughs) that was awesome dude (laughs) what'd you think you gotta put some time in on that for sure no doubt about it uh let's welcome texan our brother for another mother in the show what's going on texan how are you today brother Man, that was badass. How the, how the fuck you expect me to follow that, dude? That was kick ass. <laughs> I know. You God, did. You I don't play, know. I don't you know how that long. And then, and then throw me up here. I'm like, uh, <laughs> all right. I just got smoked. Shit. <laughs> I couldn't imagine how long it possibly have taken him to do that. But, I mean, just every little piece of it is hilarious. And every time I watched it, there was something else that I didn't see before. So great work out there. Um, but what's up, Texan? What's on your mind today, brother? Oh, well, hell, uh, I'll give you a little update real quick. Uh, I, I had to step out of the show for a little bit, so uh, I, you may have touched on this. I don't know, but uh, sitting there watching the news, and uh, Texas Supreme Court is uh, to hear the case on whether ERCOT, that power supply, uh, the, the power manager, whether ERCOT can be uh, sued and held accountable for power outages or not. So that's coming up soon here in Texas. And mm, uh, that'll be I'll, interesting. I'll, yeah, I'll keep an eye out on that for you guys. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, I sure hope that uh, the Supreme, the Texas Supreme Court rules in our favor and that, that we can take them to court and open it up and find out exactly what the hell was going on. But, yeah, uh, you got to know if there's incompetence there or if there's something else that's going on there. I mean, I, I got a feeling it's it's just a perfect storm of events that, that hit a system that just wasn't really built to handle what what was thrown its way. And that's kind of just sometimes that happens. I mean, whether or not they're, they're going to want to spend the billions of dollars I'm guessing it would take to retrofit the system to make sure that it's ready for another event like this that might happen in, who knows, around 2121. Uh, I don't know. Um, it's there's a lot of questions that still need to be answered for sure, and that's probably step one of that, I would guess. Well, like I said, uh, I told you, man, the the people of Texas would hold their feet to the fire, and you know they're they're already starting, and uh, the people are not very happy right now. But uh, like I said, uh, I'll, I'll keep you updated on that as as I see it down here. Um, and I, I don't know. Did you see uh, Joe? Did Did you see where uh, Dominion is suing Mike Lindell for uh, defamation? And these are these are uh, two great points that you brought up. Uh, first off, there's yeah, there's a lot of stuff surrounding the fact that Ken Texan sued ERCOT. Um, so there's a lot going on about that right now. Um, and then um, I was reading that there was I was looking for an article while you were talking. And I'm sorry, what was the second thing you brought up <laughs> about about Mike Lindell? Uh, yes, Dominion yes, suing Mike Lindell. So I, that was one of the things I was going to bring up while Abe was talking earlier about the Supreme Court's decision and if he thinks Mike Lindell being sued by Dominion could open up some good discovery there. What do you think, Abe? Um, I, I At this point where I am at right now, I, I in front of a mic, I try to be optimistic. I, I'm pretty much done with that at this point. Um <laughs> I think that this is this is an attempt by somebody who has a lot of power to 
to get to send a warning shot to anybody who ever tries to uh, to question this again, and it would not surprise me if they were successful in this. I hate to say it that yeah. way. I hate to be so pessimistic, but how else? How else is there is there a way to look at it optimistic at this point with this? I don't know. I agree with you, man. Discovery that that would be the positive. That's the only thing I can. Yeah, you're right. I mean, if it if it if it happens, but I would guess that if uh, Dominion was worried about Discovery on this, they wouldn't open up that can of worms. So I don't know what to, I don't know what to make of it. Yeah, you were talking about the the rule of law and the courts and everything earlier, and you know I popped off a little little thing in the chat room there. Uh, it seemed to be uh, uh, fairly receptive by by the folks in the room, and uh, talking about the Supreme Court rule of law. Well, you know, it, the reason why Rome fell is because Romans quit being Romans, and the reason why it looks like America's falling is because Americans quit being Americans. You know. Three, gen- three generations ago is you wouldn't even recognize this country as compared to what it is today. Mm-hmm. You agree? Absolutely. Legally and socially. Right. I mean, uh, the Romans fell because, you know, they, they uh, allowed their their standards and, uh, you know, uh, what, what built Rome, they, they allowed it to be compromised and what built America has been compromised. And, you know, we just, we, we've allowed it to happen. Uh, I don't, I'm not spreading gloom and doom. I'm just saying, man, it's true. And, you know, the family, the, the, the nuclear family pretty much doesn't exist anymore. That's been under attack. Everything that we are has been under attack and it's been chipped away slowly. And uh, it's not over. It's, I mean, it's not over. We, we haven't fell yet, but, you know, uh, we definitely got to get our shit together. And quick and quick. It's not a, it's not a good situation right now. I think, you know, um, I remember around 2010, I want to say 20, 2009, 2010, just watching the, the American people's infatuation with President Obama and just, just because of his smooth-talking abilities and, you know, uh, just ability to, to, be, to, to say what everybody wanted to hear. Uh, it didn't matter what your political persuasion was. If, if you weren't really listening to what Obama was saying, and, and reading between the lines a little bit about what he's saying, then you didn't really get what he was saying. It, it, it's, it starts to feel like that again because people just get so overwhelmed with um, not feeling like they have any power, it, it, and they, they just kind of close down, and they just kind of like, screw it, I'm going to go watch football. I'm, you know, forget it all. I'll just, you know, every, every, every four years I'll throw a vote in whether or not it matters or not, who knows. And a lot of people are just like, screw it. I'm not even going to get involved at all anymore. And that's what got us here. And it's, that's, what's so frustrating for me is you kind of see that happening again. People just, just throwing their hands up and saying, screw it. But that's why, you know, we are the foundation, uh, the tea party movement and, and, you know, true seekers, Freedom-loving patriots all around the world are the foundation of something that's so important that has to continue. I, I agree with you 100%, man. I mean, it's everything that we, we are and what we have been and what this country was founded on has been under attack, and it's uh, it's just like the Coca-Cola thing, man. What, what, what a fucking joke that is. You know, uh, y'all, y'all did a great job on the show the other night. As a matter of fact, uh, you had me laughing my ass off on uh, uh, Red Pill. And, uh <laughs> That was great. But man, y'all were all over it. I mean, you were dead on. And, uh, you know, uh, it's 
how do we bring it back? I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. You know, uh, there, there's so much corruption, so much, uh, just so, so much of everything, man. You know, uh, you know, I don't believe much in hope. I've made that very clear. I believe in faith, and I have faith in the American people, and I have faith in folks like us that are they're going to keep continuing the fight. And uh, you know, hopefully, we can hold the line. Well, I'm going to hold the line and, until you know uh, they put me under. Put it that way. And uh, I still believe in that, in that uh, great saying that, that we've got now, uh, where we go one, we go all. And we, we have to rally around that if we're going to pull this shit back together, man, because every institution that this country was founded on has been under attack. I mean, relentlessly and, and in a satanic kind of way. And you have to realize that, that it is a satanic kind of way. And if you're, if you're a Christian, you're American, you, you have to rally around your morals and values and stick with them. You have to stick with them. Don't give in to it, man. You know, I've explained to y'all some things that I've been through because I don't give in and I, and I won't give in. And have I been through hell? Yeah, I've been through hell. Will I go through more hell? Yeah, maybe, maybe not. I don't know, but I'm prepared for it because I'm not going to give up. On, I'm not going to give up on this country. I'm not going to give up on the people of this country, you know, like I said, we, we stand on the shoulders of giants that built this fucking country. Okay. Well, let's don't piss on their heads. Like I said, you know, let, let's, let's pick up the cause, you know, let, let's pick up the fight and let's keep it moving. You guys are doing a great job. And, uh, you know, uh, all, all your, I don't know if you call them affiliates now or what, man, y'all are all interconnected. And, and I love it because I can jump on here. I can watch y'all. Then later on, man, you know, we all move over to another show and then, uh oh, there's Joe, you know, there's Don S, there's, you know, Amy Joe, there's, I mean, everybody's there and everybody's working together and I love it. I love it. And we got to keep that momentum going. Yep. We got to, uh, we got to hold our, our Congress to the fire. I mean, that's, if you really want to have a voice still, make sure your representatives hear you. And that's, that's what we got to do more often. And I'm going to be having some phone numbers programmed into my, uh, my dialing system once I get it installed here. Uh, that are going to be on quick dial for for my representatives. Hey, you're live on air. I want to talk about this right now. You're my representatives, um, and let's let's do more of that. Let's get let's get involved and just be heard. And whether or not uh, any action comes of it, well, uh, that's not the point. Just be loud and be heard. Yeah, you're absolutely right, guys. I mean, first and foremost, this is the theme that we've been talking about, and that's why I mentioned the interview with Mike Rowe is because he was talking about Baltimore, and that's where Mike Rowe grew up, and he saw um, just everything fall apart around him, from going from a booming city to what it is now. And, you know, he basically said, like we're saying, and we've been all saying, is stop being black-pilled, okay? Obviously, everything is fucked up. We get it. But how do we fix it? The discussions are fantastic, the uh, like you said, jumping from here to there, everyone being involved—that's fantastic. But we need to get involved locally. We all have to. That's what this awakening. I truly feel that's what this awakening is about. And it doesn't matter how you get involved, whether it's a mic in front of your face, whether you're online as a digital soldier sending out information so other people can share it on their platforms, um, you know, or just being in chat and and being active. 
you know, that, yep. and, and even like KH farmer said, talking to people, you know, around your neighborhoods, talking to, to, to people that maybe you weren't able to talk to before because Trump was in and now Biden's in. So maybe it makes it a little easier. I'm not saying it's easier, but maybe you can have some kind of a conversation with your liberal neighbor or your liberal friend and, and try to wake them up. This is a, a, a ground, um, you know, boots on the ground, truly starting from the bottom up. That's how we have to look at it. Yep. No, I no. agree with you. I- Go ahead, Alan. No, just, yeah, just agree. To, you know, and I, I don't want to, we're not going to harp on this every day, but, it, you know, when the conversation comes up, we definitely need to make sure that we're seeing Be Loud, Be Heard. Uh, any last thoughts, Texan, before we move on? Yeah, uh, yeah, actually, I do. Uh, talking about, you know, basically what I was talking about our, our morals and our values in this country, man. There, there's a guy out there named Tim Ballard, uh, for, uh, has a foundation called Operation Underground Railroad, um, OUR. Uh, he does great work, amazing work, uh, uh, stopping human trafficking, especially uh, uh, child sex trafficking. Uh, they do operations all around the world. You know, uh, they work with uh, local governments. Uh, they fly under the radar. They do stings all around the world, and they're saving children. I mean, constantly saving children. And it is a wonderful organization. And uh, you know, if you have a moral compass and you really want to, uh, you, you really want to uh, uh, support a good organization. Please check out Tim Ballard at OUR, Operation Underground Railroad, saving the children worldwide. And with that, guys, I'll see you down the road. Much love, Texan. Really appreciate it, brother. And don't forget, uh, if you go to um, Rise Attire, 10% of your purchase goes to Operation Underground Railroad, which is a fantastic uh, organization and the work they do. So I'm so glad you brought that up, Texan. Thanks for calling in, brother. You have a great one. Be safe this week, bro. Later, guys. Texan in the house, hanging out with us as always. Got to love it uh, for sure. Uh, Dizzy's in the house. He's coming in next. We'll bring uh, Dizzy in here, and then we'll get. Uh, we'll try to move hey, on. Lots of calls just in, re- the, in the in the hopper today. Go ahead, Joe. Just real quick, DOJ announces the arrest of El Chapo's El Chapo's wife on international drug charges and trafficking charges. Uh, at Virginia, at the Virginia, in Virginia, at Dola's International Airport. That's breaking <laughs> right now. Is that what you said? Correct. Thirty-eight minutes ago, prosecutors accusing her of uh, participating in a conspiracy to distribute cocaine, meth, heroin, and marijuana for import into the United States. That's Boom. El Chapo's wife. Is that what you said? That is correct. Wow, that's interesting. That is pretty interesting. Uh, good, good, uh, good catch on that one, Dizzy. What's up, brother? Yo, what's up, Hemis? How you guys doing, man? What's up, brother? God, man, it's good to see you, brother. Holy cow. What man. is up, Hemis? <laughs> I love it. Video and headphones, man. And we can hear you five by five. What's on your mind today, brother? Dude, it's uh, it's been a really fun day. Um, I've been really blessed. So uh, we got hit with snow pretty hard here around like 830 over in uh, South Central PA. Uh, so I ducked out of work around like 10, 11 o'clock, got home, uh, took care of stuff around the, the home pad and was able to, to hop on with 412 and uh, drunk pinata for the first time in ages. Yeah, it's been a w- while since I heard you over there, bro. It was good to hear yeah, you. Yeah, over on today. WTPI. And uh, uh, my good buddy uh, – uh, uh, just said, hey, next time you come on, you did a great job. I love the enthusiasm. 
uh, just try to watch the old language, um, which is a really good point because probably in retrospect, I was talking like I talk to people at work. Fuck that. And, but, you know, I, I, I get it. Look, I get it. I mean, because, like, I was like cocksucker. Somebody's always got something to say. Here, here's what I've learned, Izzy. Somebody always has fucking something to say about every little tiny little thing that you might have said while you're live that may have just come out just slightly the wrong way. Somebody will fucking say something. Who fuck it, man? What's what's on your mind out there, Dizzy? What are you seeing out there happening that's uh, that you wanted to pontificate on today? Well, you know, uh, I really didn't have like a whole lot to come in here with outside of you know the general news of the day and shit. But uh, you guys brought up, and you sort of glanced over a little bit, but R.I.P. the Muppets. <laughs> I mean, like, holy fuck. Like, you just don't glance over that. That was a big part of my childhood. Right? Like, the Muppets were awesome. The Muppets were the breeding ground for Sesame Street and Big Bird. And a lot of people don't know what was the one Muppet that crossed over from the Muppet show to Sesame Street, you got five seconds to answer. Uh, that little fucking uh, bright hair, uh, orange haired fucker, whatever his the hell his his name was. Eaker. No, the other. I one. don't know. No, 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 no. It was Kermit the Frog because Kermit oh. the Frog did Man on the Street, where he was like interviewing. Dark the Brain fable. Q nails it. Shout out to Dark Brain Q. You win. Uh, a high. Good job. Go ahead. <laughs> So anyway, so anyway, so what I would say is, I mean, my God, the Muppet show was incredible. I mean, it for the tame humor that it was, the way it just took childlike like things that kids loved and blended adult humor. And then they had the stars on and then the movies that they did were great. Okay, so what I'm going to do is for Abe and Joe and live chat, top three Muppets, go. Joe, you're up first. Cookie Monster. Man, when I was a kid. No, Cookie Monster was Sesame Street. Uh, Dang it. Uh, Well, I had then it has to be Kermit. Okay, Kermit, number one. Who else you got? Yeah. You got Uh, got two more. Come on, you got to give me two more. Kermit. uh, Well, then, of course, you got to Miss Piggy. I mean, because, you know, she was pretty hot for a pig, right? Um, <laughs> and uh, I can't believe I just said that out loud. Uh, oh, and the third I had a couple. That's all right. <laughs> all right. Good, good, good. What do you got, Abe? No, that was two. You're not off the <laughs> line. I need one more. <laughs> Dang it. Man, uh, what was, uh, okay, so what else we got? Um, Snuffleupagus. Nope. Sesame Street. Damn it. Um, it's been a while since you watched the Muppets, huh? He he hasn't watched the Muppets, has he? Joe? <laughs> has he? Abe? He doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> okay, it's we'll, been so long. Throw him a life raft. Go ahead, Abe. All right, uh, the number one Muppet definitely has to be uh, uh, fuck. What's the little dude's name? The garbage man, dude. Uh, oh, the Muppets in the balcony too. Oh, Are you talking about... about Oscar the Grouch? No, hold on. Let me. Because uh... that's Sesame Street. Oh, the the drummer d- dude, animal, 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 definitely has to be animal. Um, other than that, I take them or leave them. <laughs> you There's, guys, all you need is the animal. That's be, it. 
you have disappointed me all so so much uh just just okay Abe, I know you'll like this. There is a Muppets cover of Bohemian Rhapsody <laughs> out there. I've seen it. <laughs> and it's great, but it's hilarious because, I mean, Bohemian Rhapsody is a dark song about murder and going to jail and facing consequences of life choices. So all of those harsh elements, like Beaker is just going, me, 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 me. <laughs> Just glossing over the fact that the song's oh about God. terrible I, things. There was a time in my life where I would have I would have fucking smacked you upside the head for just doing what you just did. I cannot fucking stand those fucking little emo fucking things. That if I never would have heard that sound in my head ever again, Dizzy, thanks for that. I would have lived a better life. <laughs> well, you know that's what I'm here for. But I will give you. Uh, I'll give you my uh, my top three. Because uh, I love the lovable losers. I mean, the guys that just suck but persevere. So I got to go with Gonzo. Gonzo. Yeah, big old. Uh, and I'm going to have a funny story real quick on Gonzo. It's hilarious. Gonzo, Fozzie Bear, and uh, just Kermit. You know, Kermit's a loser. I mean, let's face it, Kermit's a loser. He's getting shot down all the time. Miss Piggy Don't just talk bad about frogs in my audience. Just be careful. The fuck all over him. <laughs> yeah. Fuck I mean, maybe maybe Kermit's grown a set of, you know, whatever now. Look, there's a reason why Kermit's not the face of our movement, okay? Because <laughs> Kermit's a fucking <laughs> pussy. <laughs> Pepe, on the other hand... <laughs> Pepe would put Miss Piggy in her fucking place. <laughs> that's a true. That's a true statement. I can't. I mean, disagree. you know, respectfully, you know, between the context of a man and a wife, you know, living in a symbiotic relationship. But anyways, Gonzo, my Gonzo. Yeah, tell story. me your Gonzo story. I'll let you go. All right. Th- sorry, this is not at all about news or anything. So uh, oh, one no. year when I was like twenty-two, college, you know, height of my college, like partying like a freaking rock star right i'm wearing this white roddy roddy piper you know like uh torn off shirt you know and i got my kilt on and i walk into this halloween party and there's like tons of chicks and everyone's drinking we're all fucked up and shit like that and i go to my buddy i'm like yo i'm like who am i and my buddy's like you're roddy roddy piper i was like no i'm not i'm gonzo <laughs> and he just sort of laughs. And, and I go, my other buddy, I'm like, who am I? He's like, Steve, you're Roddy Roddy Piper. He's like, no, I'm not. I'm Gonzo. <laughs> and my buddy's like, Gonzo from the Muppets. And I'm like, yeah. And then I lifted up my kilt and I wasn't wearing any underwear. And I had Gonzo's face painted on me. And you can guess what the nose was. <laughs> <laughs> I am never going to get that image out of my head. Thanks so much for that. Oh, my God. I was gonzo. Nice, man. It's good to hear from you, Dizzy. How you been in general, man? Everything all right? Dude, I've been good. You know, if if you would have done that shit like this year, dude, I would have been in jail on fucking sex charges. Right? (laughs) Uh, That's good to hear from you, bro. Are you going to be calling any more often, bro? 
Yeah, I hope so. Uh, you guys are doing a hell of a job. How, what's the weather like up your way? Today it's like 36, and it's uh, we had about four inches of snow last night, and it's all melting. I'm loving it. Yep, yeah, same here. It's about to heat up here. Uh, all the people down in Texas, uh, you know, we all love you. I hope you guys are dealing with it. You fucking pussies. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of snow. I never heard so many. Loose. Yeah, I never seen so many people whine about cold. That's because none of them had clothes. They all had yeah. shorts, shorts and tank yeah, tops. Fucking run around your shorts and tank tops and Birkenstocks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's fucking Austin. Uh, you deserve it. I love you guys. Peace out, Hemis. Much love, Later, Dizzy. Bro. Take care, brother. Go. Dizzy Kincaid. Man, what is great to see him, man. How cool is that? Yeah, no doubt. It's always good to hear from Dizzy, man. Good good stuff for sure. Uh, let's see. Let's I was with- thinking... Let me check in with Chad over here real quick. Say, G- was- G62, that was the good old days. Life was simple. Um, and uh, let's see, sound like a high school prank. <laughs> Who are you? Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> Come on, spring, says Amy Joe. I'm with you over there. So that's uh, some good good comments from the chat over there. I love you guys. Go ahead, Joe. No, I was just going to say there's a lot of people out there laughing and talking about their favorites as well. Uh, Muppets and the Muppet movies and and all that stuff. So just kind of funny, man. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I, and they they're just gonna continue to do it, man. It's just I, you know, you can never underestimate how freaking petty these people are. Just it's it's unfreaking believable. That's for sure. Want to ruin everything? Yep. All right. So while we're waiting on um, Brooklyn to connect her audio here, hopefully that'll um, that'll happen here pretty quick. Um, anything else you're seeing that's uh, breaking in the news out there today, uh, by any chance? Or uh, their favorites as well. Oh. Uh, Muppets and the Muppets. Can you mute the stream, Brooklyn? Oh, there she is. There's Brooklyn. What's up, Brooklyn? How's it going? Oh, I didn't know I was in. Was I, I must have been on delay on my phone or something. How are y'all doing? Fantastic, fantastic. Yeah, there's a bit of a delay there, uh, unfortunately, but uh, glad to have you here, Brooklyn. What's I on your just mind? died with the whole Muppets thing. I literally... <laughs> I LOL'd so hard, my damn dog ran out of the room. <laughs> she was asleep, too. I sent y'all a funny picture to the chat because, like, y'all are talking about Kermit, and he just actually, you know, Kermit the Frog uh, got into the Supreme, which is a skatewear company, but they're it's so hype beast. Anyway, the Supreme Hall of Fame, there's this famous thing, and I just got this thing. I bid on it in an auction and got it. So that was pretty funny. That just made me laugh. So I want to talk about for a hot second. Can you guys hear me? Oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's me. I just paid $90 for that shit. All right. So like a couple of days ago. So regarding, I want to talk about what we were talking about it earlier in the first hour as we moved to the top of the hour to six. So this whole press legal precedent and rule of law here, here's my quagmire as related to what popped off today. The Okay, it got tossed out of the lower courts. Now, obviously, from their side, we could label it controlled opposition, right? But once it gets to SCOTUS, my problem with this is that if they are unwilling to, to, to review the information, I mean, it's not like there's a statute of limitations that is written on the books that states, because this is unprecedented. You see, this hasn't happened before, like not like this. So there's a bit of unfortunate malleability within how within the margins of how this gets interpreted from a constitutional perspective. And I think that that interpretation 
is different. Uh, I don't want to say that it's a side of the aisle thing, but when something is unprecedented and yet we're trying to follow constitutional law, it seems to me that by the court tossing it out, no precedent gets set because nothing gets tried because no discovery is presented. And And that's the problem because in any court of law, we have precedent. What, the way in which legal precedent is established, um, one of the ways in which rather, is case past cases that, that can be referred to. And so by the Supreme Court tossing this out, and Abe, actually, I really appreciate the devil's advocate position that you've been taking. It really, it, it really does set a, a precedent, and it sets a precedent that is dangerous, and that is that, a dangerous that the, precedent. Thank you. Yeah, that, so that it's like states, setting a precedent. The, the precedent is that the states have have full control over what the hell they want to do with the elections, and right. that that and is not a good thing for the future of. Uh, well, that's actually also not how the law is written, yeah. written because there are laws in place, and we saw in Pennsylvania and we saw I mean uh, yeah Pennsylvania and I believe also in Georgia where they actually wrote new laws in without going through proper protocol to do so and it seems like that the I mean it does really in fact it, it does indeed seem that we've come to a great impasse but at this point I think a lot of us are, are at that pre- yeah well only at the precipice do we find the will to change but my question is what is it we're changing? I mean, we're basically being slapped in the face. We're being told that rule of law no longer matters. Well, that's clear. And that's, that's the thing too, is there's, there's at least, at least 100, 150 million people who know the truth about what actually happened here. On both sides of the aisle. Yeah. There's a, and that's all, that's half the population that knows that right in front of our eyes, an election was manipulated for somebody to win. Which is why the silent war continues, because this is really, at the end of the day, people misunderstand what the hashtag cold civil war means. I don't necessarily think it means that we, we take up gun on our own soil and go against each other. I think it's more like this, like this, the, the, the game space is obviously like, and what you were saying before we, we went into taking the calls is like, how are we how are we shifting the narrative or how we look at the game space or the digital space and moving forward? How do we adjust? Like what would our forefathers have done in this situation? They tried to, you know, they tried they would, to, they to would, they would, it. they would do a constitutional convention, a, a convention of the States is what they would do, which is why a lot of people argue for article five. Right. And so I think that getting back to the conversation about the local level, I think that, I think that part of the problem here is that people are not educated. You know, they don't, they don't, they don't understand what their rights are. Well, I I have stood against article five in a lot of different ways up until now. We are at a point now where I think I'm going to start having some people on that I've disagreed with in the past because um, if you, if you listen, you know, I've, I've kind of, taking a stance against that because I didn't think it was necessary. We're at a point now where it's becoming more and more necessary. It's just, it's just one of those things. I think if they're going to turn the volume up, we need to turn the volume up. Yeah. It's just to care for what you wish for because you end up putting, you end up putting um, people to represent a, a, you know, others still. And that, that can be scary in in a constitutional convention. So I don't know. I don't know. I'd like to unpack that one further. Maybe we can take that discourse regarding a const- that that article a little further, um, because it, it, something's got to give. Like the levy, 
you know, what we don't want is, is for like, you know, this crazy Malay to happen. But what I'm seeing is that through this linguistic framing and all of this, this like emotionality uh, that people, how to say like, uh, it's hard to articulate. People are being worn down to such a degree that they are eschewing the fight for the comfort of just get off my backness. And that's a tactic. It's almost like, okay, with respect to what you were saying about dominion, that the, the debate that was going on earlier, like, do you think they've got a chance? And, and actually Adele was saying this too, before I came into here, I was over there with him and 412 and on there's this, and he's got a very solid position on it, but I think Dizzy called into him. I think it was over there where he and Dizzy and I'll stand corrected. Dizzy was presenting a particular point of view and I was kind of, or was it earlier with you guys? I can't remember. Anyway, I'm saying that I was disagreeing with, with 412. I, I felt like he was being, um, while I recognized the value in the fact, like where he was coming from, mm-hmm. I, I sort of disagreed from a, an, an analytical point of view of, of related to like, uh, I don't know how to, I'm sorry. I'm out no, of loss I get it. Words, No, but, it's, it's, but, it's hard to, it's hard to remember exactly what the point was after the fact when we moved on to other well, points. I, rem- I, I remember, yeah. but, but I just don't think, okay, here's, here's my thing. I don't think it is as cut and dried. Like I think, okay. Regarding dominion, regarding the lawsuit and their sort of like bull market approach, like, ah, oh, we're going to take it down. They have very deep pockets. And when you have deep pockets, you have the money to fight, even if you know it's going nowhere. And that's a tactic. That's a that's an intimidation and a strategy yeah. in and of itself. It's just to throw money at something to wear your opponent down until they give up and yep. they're out of money. Yep, that's so it could be that. Do. And yeah. Plus, they have global media partners because they are involved in elections in other parts of the world and country. I think we have to look at the contracts. And then you have to look at the sort of flying media monkey partners, like the complicity of the global media uh, organizations, you know, that, yeah. that's the, the foreign editions and stuff like that. If you want to understand Dominion's position, look at the propaganda that they're probably pumping out on the low with their media partners in foreign countries that we're not even seeing. Yeah, I'd be interested to know that for sure. Any last thoughts okay. before I let you go, Brooklyn? Next caller. You're good to go? No, nothing else? I appreciate well, well, yeah, Brooklyn. Yeah, it's time for someone else. Cool. Brooklyn, real quick, let me just add something into what both you guys were saying. And Amy Joe just actually dropped this uh, to me as well. This was something that I wanted to cover earlier, and this is in regards to Dominion. Uh-huh. Here's news out of New Hampshire Senate votes 24-0 to force the state to perform audit on oh, Wyndham, wow. New Hampshire, November 3rd elections. It's interesting so, that it's New Hampshire because isn't that where that guy came in with that discrepancy from 2016 about the voter ID card? Well, uh, yeah, I do believe so. But it goes on just real quick. A recent hand recount in the Rockingham District um, 7, New Hampshire, house race in Wyndham, New Hampshire, found that the Dominion voting, Dominion-owned voting machines shorted every Republican by roughly 300 votes. So there's still some stuff coming out, I think, about all this. And I think, like you said, too, Brooklyn, you made great points about as far as them having so much money that they're going to just tie this all up in the courts. Uh, so I just wanted to add that before. Yeah, it's like left. a KTLA car chase. Like just drive it until the wheels fall off, jump out and yes. run and hope you fucking save your life. But you know, at yes. that point, it's a little, yeah. Yeah. But I just wanted to add that in there real quick, Brooklyn. Thanks so much for the call. Appreciate it. You take care and have a good one, girl. Much love, Brooklyn. Love y'all. Have a great day. Much love. Bye. Brooklyn in the house. All right. Let me get uh, 217 in here. We have uh, two other callers after you, so we'll have to try to, 
keep these about about five minutes or so if you can. Two one seven. Can I get a name for you, please? Yeah, you got Cage Farmer here. Cage Farmer. What's oh, what? What's up, KH? How's it going, brother? Hey, so first off, on the whole Muppet talk, uh, <laughs> I, I go back to about a year or so ago when uh, um, uh, my wife and I were, were searching for some old Gonzo clip because uh, Gonzo was the shit on the Muppets. It was hilarious. Just make sure your safe search is on when you search for Gonzo, and I'm, I'm going to leave that at that because that <laughs> just gets so just, just gonna leave it there. You're gonna end up with a picture of Dizzy in a kilt. <laughs> it, gets a little, it gets a little crazy. I'm just <laughs> saying. I don't know. I don't know if you heard Dizzy's call earlier, but that that'll never get out of my mind. Thanks a lot, Dizzy. <laughs> oh yeah, it gets a little crazy. And you know, we were talking about Mike Rowe a little bit earlier, and God bless Mike Rowe. And that that dude is an American patriot. What he does for the working man is absolutely fantastic. And that dude. He he's a solid patriot, and uh, yeah, that's. I'm just gonna leave it at that for him because I like that guy. Yeah, Mike Mike Rowe is fantastic. He's got a new show now coming out. I think it's called Six Degrees or Eight Degrees or something like that. Um, I'm not sure on the details uh, of it yet, but I thought it was interesting again because he he really has kind of a um, an even killed. Uh, I don't know if an even killed is the right word, but he has an even killed approach at everything that he discusses. And I really love how he goes about it. So uh, that's why I brought Mike Rowe up. I've been following him for a long time. Absolutely. And he's super funny as well, which also helps. And uh, yes. I want to give Mad Shadow the descendant of Bram for that video. That video was fucking amazing. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like I said, man, every time I watched it, I was just laughing my ass off. You know, that, it really was amazing, and it, it it took me away from from something that I was trying to write down at, at the same time. But that was an amazing video. But I, I saw a couple things. It's been a very busy day for me. I've had a very a, a lot of work stuff today. But I caught something briefly, and this may be something, it may be nothing, and I take credit for none of this, by the way. But I, I caught a little segment of Space Shot earlier where he was playing a video by someone on Twitter by the name of Michelle who evidently was a former gunnery sergeant. Uh, and and she was playing a video of her watching the live, uh, I'm going to call it faux-inauguration of Administrator Biden, because I'm not going to call him president, damn that. But and at the end, after he was sworn in, it was like 33 minutes after he was sworn in or something like that, she like notices something, and she kind of like goes no way no way this is just indicating of something there and didn't speak out about it again till today which he indicated that was happening today so i checked that out today and it goes back to something that jovan pulitzer the the guy from some of the testimonial videos about the voter fraud pointed out uh in a tweet a while back of who is this guy and it was some asian dude next to Biden in the inauguration video. Well, it turns out that that dude is a very decorated member of the Secret Service. And that was the first time I had actually seen him. And then I went back and looked, and, and she actually pointed this out in the video too, where this guy is a member of Secret Service, and he was seen at least twice with Trump. Uh, I believe the first time was getting off the plane with Trump. I think it was September 25th at a rally. And I think it was Trump first off the plane, and then this guy from Secret Service, this, this, this Asian guy, 
from Secret Service, and it was a very decorated guy, from what I understand. I don't remember his name off the top of my head, but I, I did a little research on him, and he, he appears to be just this, this hardcore Secret Service patriot. And then, like, Pence is a little bit later. But there was a weird angle where it was, like, why are you filming this this way? Like, Trump is, like, half body in the photo, and it's just purely this dude. And then, like, Pence comes off the plane, and they cut away from it. And I, I, I don't know what was up with that, but he was seen at Biden as if he was handling Biden a little bit at the inauguration, and this chick made a big deal out of it. Now, from what I saw of her Twitter videos, and I've never heard of this woman before. I don't know who she is, but evidently she was a gunnery sergeant. Evidently, she knows some security protocol. I, I don't know, and I know, and I know, Alan, you you know security stuff. You guys know your shit, and maybe you need to look into this. But she seemed to think that there was something to this, and she was kind of praising Hosanna on high when she saw this. Like, I know now we're all good, and I don't know what that means. I don't know. I'm asking you guys to look into that for me because I'm just dipshit over here. Doesn't know anything. What do you guys? Do you guys know anything about that? No, I don't, but I'm super interested and super intrigued. I would say review space shots video from today. I can't remember what the time marker was. I'm sorry. I didn't, yeah, I'll, I didn't write I'll that down. To, it was, I'll reach out to space shot and see what he, see what he has out there and see if we can find any more information on that space shot. If you're out there, drop that in the, in the chat and see what, see what we can find. Yeah, I was looking through Discord, too, to see if I saw it. I want to say it was early on in his video from today that he played her initial reaction to the uh, inauguration video. I want to say it was within, like, the first 30 minutes of it. And then uh, I did a quick look on Twitter and found what was her live video from today where she was explaining it. She said she couldn't explain it back then. I guess she's she's got some she's she's had some some injuries and she's had some some brain issues so it took her a while to process the whole thing but uh it, it um it, it correlated and it was very interesting because if you think about it like if this was a dude that trump was grooming into the secret service that just happened to show up at the end and now all of a sudden he appears to be handling biden or is at the top of uh biden's secret service after but Biden doesn't want anything to do with Trump. Why would you keep that guy? Why would you carry that guy over unless he's just literally the shit and is super solid and doesn't care about politics whatsoever, which could be the case. I, I don't know. That just seemed very interesting to me. And I, I, you guys know more than I do. So I wanted to bring that out there. Yeah. I'll check that out, man. appreciate that, man. Thanks farmer. Appreciate it, man. How, how you doing? Anything else? All right, man. Yeah. Everything else is going good. Uh, I, I think one of my, toes is broken but other than that i, I can't really complain too much i don't know take care of yourself uh, just, bro appreciate I, it real quick kh just real quick there was a comment in chat i believe it was all uh on twitter it was all for all soul kind for all so kind is the twitter follow i don't have twitter so i can't go and check twitter but people in chat were saying that's who the the lady on Twitter was. Cool, cool. Um, and yeah, I believe we'll look, that. We'll, look, we'll look for that later. Move on to the next call. Appreciate it, bro. Much love, KH. How you doing, brother? All right, cool. Six one five six one or six one seven six one seven. Appreciate you. Uh, thanks for joining us here today. We're trying to get the last two calls in for the end of the show. Here, can I get a name, please? Uh, this is the Defender Brand. Good afternoon, guys. How are we doing? Ah, what's up, bro? What's up, the descendant uh, of Brand? Good to hear from you, brother. I'm so <laughs> glad up, that you Joe? called in 
absolutely fantastic uh, video. You probably heard me already give you a ton of praise, but I'm glad you called in, man. Thanks. Thanks for the video. It was fantastic. Wow, man. I just wanted to thank you guys for playing. Seeing, seeing Abe laugh was absolutely priceless, man. That's exactly what I wanted to happen when I put that thing together. Yeah, so, dude, that was hilarious. Uh, I was loving it. For, for playing it. <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad you guys liked it. Abe, I wanted to qu- try to quickly push back on you about the Ted Cruz thing. from Yeah, Friday. what do you got, man? Uh, I, uh, I, was a, uh, I was someone that ha- held Cruz accountable. And here's why I think he should be held accountable. Um, through what we've gone through in four years of Trump, uh, I think Donald Trump held people to a certain standard. And for optics or the moment or whatever situation we're in, he's not, he's not there. So someone has to step up and be a leader. And you can't fight your way out of a paper bag lying down and taking a nap, right? You have to, you have to make an effort and an attempt, and you can't lead from the back. So if you, I wish I called in on Friday. I tried to. But if you look at the weekend, you see uh, – AOC jumping up and taking advantage of the situation. Now, I believe that's something that Ted could have done, stepped up in that leadership role. And I think that's things that we have to hold these people accountable. Yes, he's taken bullets in the past. Yes, he's defended Donald Trump. But we're in a new world now. And, and you know, fight like a Flynn. Fight like Donald Trump. That's the world we're in. And we need leaders to step up and take a take lead. I mean, he was. I think he was set up. Um, you know, he made the decision to go on the vacation himself, but as soon as the media found out about it, they were on him and he was already under attack. And when you're under the scope of a sniper rifle, you know, you don't lollygag and, and walk leisurely across the field. You jump and you duck behind things. Situational awareness is a huge thing. And, you know, his situational awareness is, is horrible as far as I'm concerned. I want to know who's on his team, who's advising him. I mean, hey, give a guy like Abe, give a guy like Joe... Give a guy like me. I'm still unemployed because of COVID. Give a guy like me a shot. I'll, gonna, you know, try to steer you away from me. I'm going to go with the but you, boss. He walked into a goddamn. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the trap. I'm going to go with the boss. His wife was uh, instrumental in making that call. <laughs> oh, I absolutely agree. And there's nothing to say that he couldn't have yeah. sent the family, which ended up happening anyway. I mean, hey, you guys go on vacation. Oh, yeah. Or go to D.C. and and be in the be in the heat. Uh, you know, have heat and water in D.C. and then take it. You know, if this guy, True. you know, he looks like a dope now because he's handing out water in a parking yeah. lot looking like a loser. The, the, optic, the optics of it is definitely bank. horrible, man. I, I, I'm with you on that. It is definitely it was not a very good decision as far as the optics goes. I was just making the argument. If I could have done it, I would have fucking done it, too. So I'm not going to. I'm not going to be mad at him for doing it because if I could have, I well, would have. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, here's the thing. You know, we're, we joke around about, you know, the Texas weather and how cold it was. I mean, we literally were joking around about it because early in the show, if you were watching it, we were talking about how we were praying for everybody in Texas. We also were kind of joking around a little bit about Ted Cruz and stuff like that, too. I mean, regardless of what he does and what he doesn't do, they're under a microscope a hundred percent of the time. So you're absolutely right that the optics of it and how it looked looks terrible. And I agree. However, like Abe said, if I had the money, if I had, if, you know, like you said, you don't have your job either because of COVID, I'm sure if you were able to get out and go on vacation, you would. And that's all we were kind of saying, regardless. In no, this no, I, I, current, in this current I, totally, climate, though, I totally understand that. He should have not gone, in my opinion, because you're right. AOC stepped up a little bit more than he did, and that took a bad precedent on things. I agree. Well, and I think that's by design. You know, you know she's not out there doing that out of the kindness of her heart. 
I think Ted could have stepped up and and been and been a big you know and been a big leader and a big pushback. And I think it would have been a little bit. He would have been. He would have gotten less uh, attacks from the media at that point just because of public sentiment. That I mean, and leadership. I think the leadership is a big thing. Well, Um, yeah, I'm with you. you, If in that situation, if I was in his place, you know, even not having the job, trying to get away, I wouldn't go. I'd make sure people were okay first. Yeah, and I'm with you. I appreciate it. I, think, it. I, I appreciate the thought to send I think it around. Keep up keep up, keep up the great work, man. I'm gonna get to the last call and then and then uh, we'll let everyone go here at the top of the hour. Keep up the great work. Thanks for your perspective. I appreciate it. The Senator Brand. Keep up the great work, Much bro. Much love and respect, guys. Much love. Much bro. love to Senator Brand. Have a good one, brother. Thanks for calling in. Appreciate it. You too, peace. Awesome. Yeah, yeah good, man. Good I mean, stuff for sure. You just got to love people. You know, that's what we want. That's why we try to challenge people, man. You know, that's why we try to say certain things like we do is because we want to have pushback. We want to have that open communication. Yeah, no doubt. 336, appreciate you joining us here for the last call for the day. Can I get a name for you, please? Jimmy Riggins. Jimmy. What's up, Jimmy Riggins? How you doing today? First time caller, I believe. No, I called in a while back. I tried to uh, bring lives to the uh, prepared RV bombing, kind of looking like the uh, the oh, demolition yeah. of the trade bars. Yes. Yeah, I remember that. I yeah, that was call. a great call. Thanks for, thanks for calling back, Jimmy. What's on your mind today? We only got about six minutes, bro, so I'll give you the floor. All right. Well, I'll make it quick. Uh, here, here in North Carolina, I just came back. I'm a Marine. I did that last time. Um, is this supposed to be a blue state? And... Really, I'm not seeing these uh, these laws and policies being followed by the citizens out here. We're all at work. We're all, you know, doing our thing. Very few wear masks, but at the same time, we practice, you know, good hygiene stuff. And you know, I work on job sites. I do flooring now. And uh, matter of fact, I just moved closer back to home station, Camp Lejeune. Right here on Highway 17. Nice. <laughs> Coincidentally. Yeah. Um, I've been so, on I've been on 17 a few times. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I live right outside of Jacksonville in Richland now. And it, it's it's uncanny to see all these people just functioning like we were before COVID. And, uh, you know, it. I hope more people across America can hear my voice right now to let them know that they're not alone. Wear the mask when it's needed, when it's mandatory for you to get stuff done. But don't rebreathe your own CO2 and your own germs. You're going to get your own symptoms of whatever. Also, the, uh, the base is doing their normal winter into spring training. We all knew, know it's the rifle range right now and other uh, field training. Gotcha. But we have a lot of birds patrolling on the beach back and forth. Hmm. Now, some of my brothers on the West Coast at Pendleton and Miramar both talking about birds in the sky there, too. So there are things going on that we're not allowed to speak about because of OPSEC. So just everybody out there, just you know, go about your day and, you know, trust that things are getting done. The last thing I'd like to bring to the show is a prayer that I brought back from meditation. What is above is below. What is below is above. From the earth 
guided by spirit. We are the garden. We are the gardener. We are the guardians of life. We are one. This is a responsibility to yourself, to others, and to all life on this planet. We're all contributing to our communication abroad everywhere. And thank you uh, for letting me share my voice. Thank you, God, and thank you, Jesus, for the time we all have here today. Semper, Thanks, brother. Semper Fi, brother. Appreciate you. And I, I look forward to hearing from you again. Appreciate that. It's a perfect call to finish up with, Joe. Great call, Jimmy. Thank you and amen to you, brother. And keep the fight up. Keep fighting, man. We got to keep fighting. Good job. You too. Oh, and, and uh, you guys, I tried to zoom in, and it kept saying the passcode was wrong. Just want to leave that with you. Yeah, it's capital U and then everything else, lowercase, uncensored. I need to change that to make it easier. I'll, I'll make a note of that today and get that done. Thanks right. so much well, for the call, Jimmy. Night. Yeah, no you problem. too, brother. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Much love. Great way to end it, man. Great way to end it. Love that. Where's my list? Zoom password. <laughs> Where's my list? <laughs> it's yeah. growing longer and longer yeah. every day. Right, two pages of shit I got to do now. All right. I appreciate you, Jimmy. God bless you, brother. Semper Fi. It's always good to hear from, from fellow Marines. Uh, appreciate you, bro. Have a great weekend. Great, great week. Week. <laughs> week. Yeah. I was like, wait Monday. a minute. <laughs> Although, man, I got to say, we've been so busy this last week. Uh, you know, we, we, we probably been on the air more than anybody. I think we were on Neo show and, and uh, red pill. And then our five days a week, uh, it, it's, it's understandable. <laughs> it's been a lot of fun and we are already at the end of the show here today two hours flying by i hope you guys enjoyed it here today don't forget tomorrow mark Bakita will be here with us uh and I, I unfortunately i haven't had time to get some show topics together for him so we'll probably just wing it a little bit see what's going on in the day and do it kind of the same way we did today and just uh kind of round table it with the three of us looking forward to that indeed secret weapon check out quite frankly coming up next a lot of other great content tonight over on the foxhole.app check that out patriot news live now psb live now uh quite frankly ongoing now good dog ongoing now true dog no restrictions uh, Joey Mormon, as well as others going live. It is awesome to check it out. The foxhole.app. Much love. God bless you all. Thank you all for joining us here on the Uncensored Network. We will see you guys tomorrow. Same bad time, same bad channel. God bless you. Stay tuned for Amy Joe in about 20 minutes. Treat the word impossible as nothing more than motivation. Relish the opportunity to be an outsider. Embrace that label. Being an outsider is fine. Embrace the label. Because it's the outsiders who change the world and who make a real and lasting difference.